Welcome to Act Two by Choosing Him Ministries with Tisha Janes and Andrew Pate, a place where life stories are told, encouragement is shared, and hope is found. Good morning, listeners. We are so excited to have Elizabeth Melville today with us talking about her journey. Um, she goes by Liz, so we'll be calling her that. Uh, you guys, Tisha and I both know this girl really, really well. We used to work together at um, the private school that we worked at, and she is a blessing on so many levels. So I cannot wait for you to get to know her better. So good morning, Liz. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. We're thrilled to have you and very excited to see you. Yes, everybody's been doing Zoom through COVID. We have not had time to sit and chat with you. So um, it's really, it's good to see your face. If you're listening to this on the podcast, go check us out on the YouTube so you can see who Liz is um, and get to see her. Yes, because I actually showered for this today on a Friday. It was nice. Yeah, and I'm I'm zooming in remotely today too, so you'll know, see different backgrounds. But Tisha has a hard life at the lake house. She's she's roughing it today. I am roughing it. Today. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get away for a minute. But Liz, um, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us you know, your family, and I mean, we we can tell you from our perspective, but um, we adore you all. But tell us a little bit about your background and what you do on a daily basis, because you know you live the life of just doing whatever you want to do, right? Right, right. The parent of three kids. That's what they do. Um, Well, I am originally from South Carolina. I moved here after college and met my wonderful husband, Jonathan, while I worked at a newspaper and was a reporter for six years. That was my first act. (laughs) And then I retired from that career after six years, got burned out and transitioned to the private school where we all work together in Peachtree City and I have been there now a decade and work as a financial administrator there. Um, and then I'm also, I only work there three days a week. The rest of my time is, is being a mom to three lovely kids. Nora is nine and Wesley is just turned four. And my youngest surprise third baby, Quinn, is, has just turned two. So we, I have That's my hands full. You do. And it's just so hard to believe time's going so fast. Because mm-hmm. I think Nora was. Well, I remember when you had Nora, but she was like Quentin's age. They're getting so big. And now she looks like a tween, so. I know. I mean, she's not little baby Nora Nora anymore. No. They grow up so fast. Yeah. Okay, so today we are kind of diving in and talking about your middle child. So Wesley, sweet Wesley, tell us a little bit about Wesley. Okay, well, Wesley was prayed into existence um, after we had Nora. It took a little bit of time. We, we weren't natural parents, so we were a little scared to grow our family, but we knew ultimately we, want, we wanted to do that. But it took two and a half years of trying and praying um, before we conceived, and it was a pretty easy pregnancy, really, by all accounts, but once we delivered... Um, it became apparent pretty quickly that something was wrong with him. Um, his jaundice numbers were very off. And on a gut instinct, the pediatrician on call at the hospital did a more extensive test where he looked at liver enzymes and they were supposed to be like really low numbers and they were like in the thousands. Um, and so he recommended us to CHOA and we began uh, Children's Healthcare of Atlanta and we began walking 
with them for the next three weeks through Christmas of that year. He was born in the beginning of December and it took until after Christmas and uh, they did a liver biopsy and confirmed that he has a, had a rare liver disease called biliary atresia, um, which is just where your liver can't drain bile. And so the bile backs up and, and causes cirrhosis and eventually liver failure if left untreated. Um, so the first step for him at three weeks old, the day after Christmas, is they immediately, while he, he was in doing the biopsy, they did a surgery called the Kasai procedure, where they attached the bottom of his liver to his small intestines to try to create that drainage to see if they could buy him more time to grow and grow stronger before he needed a transplant. But then we had two good months after that, but he, we were told at three months that he would be listed on the um, transplant wait list um, because it, cirrhosis was already taking place. So as you can imagine, that was a very tumultuous beginning <laughs> for him. So, And it's amazing because you recount that with such calm grace. And if you can see the insides, <laughs> it's, exactly. still, it's still exactly. crazy to say out loud, it's still surreal. Um, but I just kind of thought, okay, thank you community for helping pray him into existence. I've got this from here, but he has definitely been that reminder from God that like, you never stop praying for your children and not just him. I mean, I have two other kids and just that, that pull to pray for them all the time, because we are not in control. Right. We're not, we're not. And I think back Liz, as this was all going on, um, you, you had such a calm peace about you. And I know you didn't on the inside, but you exuded that. And I think it was because you really figured out in that moment, I have no control over this. This is bigger than anything that we can do. Um, we'll be his greatest advocate, but we're going to do that on our knees. And you just, you and Jonathan did that. And, and Rita and your whole family were just, of course, from a, another layer back, we were all praying along with you. But right, your, your journey was so beautiful. And I know when we're going through something, we don't want to be like, okay, I'll go through it. So everybody else can be blessed or everybody else's story will, you'll benefit from this. That's, that's most of the time we're like, no, thank you. I'll, I'll sit this one out. Um, but your story really did impact an entire community, especially our, our school and with kids that were probably not Christians who got to watch your faithfulness and got to watch Wesley grow and the kids rallied around trying to raise money. And that was just such a beautiful thing to watch a removed uh, group of people who are watching your story and how it impacted them. And I just remember just praising God for that. I thought even in the minute things that seem so irrelevant right now compared to what Wesley is fighting, he's still working. It's hard grace for, for sure, but you like to hear, it's comforting to hear that, that God wastes nothing, that when you have to go through something like that, it's not being wasted. That is just such a comfort. And we tried other routes, you know, we were like, please doctor, tell us everything's gonna be okay without a doubt. And when people can't lie to you and tell you that because they're not God, the only place you can turn to is God. And, and so I would say God met us there in that. He was able to say like, I have given you my promises. You know, these things are true and you can always turn back to this. Um, and 
and I would say I wasn't in the headspace to be able to sit in the hospital and read my Bible. I was, I was exhausted. I was so fragile, was coming apart inside. It literally just some days felt like my bones were disintegrating. I was so upset and anxious. And, but that is when the words that God had already given me and that were already written on my heart was able to sustain me because you can recite those things or even music, music with with truthful lyrics that I could sing when I had nothing else. I could barely put one foot in front of the other, but I could sing those promises. And I had so many friends saying, here's a song, here's a song you can listen to. And that really was helpful when when I was so separated and removed from community and my church and just like all of that was stripped out of my life, but God still cared for me in a very tangible way. So looking back at this point, um, in your spiritual walk prior to West to learning Wesley was sick. Can you think or even see where God may have been prepping your heart for what was to come? Yes. Um, because I was already so grateful for the gift of Wesley, just his existence and already knowing that like I had been, I had been praying truth over him long before there was a him and just reciting those promises that like, offspring is a reward from you, Lord. And it's a blessing. And there's no, when you're going through infertility, you think, okay, I'm going to do a B and C and there's going to be a baby. And I realized after two and a half years of trying that, that no, God is the author of life. And, and at the right time, God gave me that gift again. And so just knowing already, being reminded, going into this story that like Wesley belongs to God. I am shepherding and stewarding this gift, but Wesley belongs to God and he is for God's purposes. And so that was just really freeing to know that I didn't have to keep him alive because once he was in the world, God was going to keep him alive for his purposes. And that's always been the most freeing thing for, to pry my hands off of this boy and say, he belongs to you, God, and he's here you must have a purpose for his life and that I can't even comprehend. And so I'm going to trust you with him. That's huge. Well, that's a beautiful perspective for yes. all of our children yeah. as yes. parents, because they come into the world and all of a sudden we're mm-hmm. like, okay, you're a reflection of me. So everything that's going to be good is because of me and everything that's bad is because of me. You know, and we interject ourselves into that versus being able to step back and say, God put you here let me steer and be a good steward of what he's given me, but you're his. And man, if we started out without perspective with our children, how differently I think I would have raised both of my kids in the beginning. I was just too young and not mature enough in my spiritual walk to see that. So what, that's an, that's a gift. It's an incredible gift for God. It's a gift that came from God. Yes. Yeah. He definitely prepared me to walk through what he had laid out for me to walk through. And then after walking through transplant with him, just to be able to have the perspective of like, this gift was almost taken away. So I have to not take him for granted because it's so easy to just take our kids for granted too. And I'll look at him and some days with him are very frustrating. He's a child from trauma and we, we do struggle with that on the other side um, with behavior and stuff. And we're working, working through that. But I have to just remind myself, like, he's my boy. He almost was taken from me. And I'm, I'm so grateful to God that he is here. And we, it has to be my starting point is just to be grateful for the gifts that are, that are in our lives. 
And I, it's, I foolishly thought, okay, so I did end up being his his donor, as you guys know. But yeah, I was gonna say, take us through the rest yeah. of the story because yeah. yeah. we're only touching the first half. We are, we, we are. So, so the second part of that story was that once he was added to the list, I said, I have peace that I'm going to be his donor. I want to begin the the donor workup and see if I'm a match. And Choa had just started their living donor program in January of this year, of that year of 2018. And I was in the hospital with him in April. So I, there had only been three others that had done this. Um, we were all the guinea pigs, I like to say. And so I went through the workup, lots of blood work, MRIs, imaging tests, um, CTs, all heart monitoring, brain mon, all of it. And I passed the tests. <laughs> and so they told me that I was a good match and that I could proceed with the surgery. And so on May the 10th of that year is, was our transplant day. And so they took me in first at Emory and removed um, your liver is two lobes. It's a small lobe and a big lobe. And they took the little lobe um, out and put it in Wesley since he was a baby. It was the perfect size for him. And that was all day worth of surgeries. And as I've mentioned before, I took the easy way out that day um, because I got a really great nap while my husband had to hand off two of his loved ones and wait all day for news. So yeah, it was successful from the very beginning. And I'd like to say we had no hiccups after that, but that's not true. He, he did a few days after surgery, get rushed back in for a bowel resection because he had an internal bleed. Um, so it took a little bit longer to get him out of the PICU than we thought it would take. But as he continued to improve, um, we got him out of the hospital and he started growing stronger very quickly. And honestly, it's been, I mean, the first year there's hiccups and adjusting medicines and stuff. But after that, now he's just a normal child. And I forget his beginnings. I forget what we've gone through because life is so normal and he takes such a small amount of medicine um and he's just a normal kid and we're just living life grateful yes he I, I really want to try if you don't mind to put in the notes of our show just the picture of when you saw him for the first time mm -hmm. after surgery like you guys this picture is just <laughs> it makes me tear up every time i see it yeah. i can never look at it without getting tingly in my <laughs> nose because it is just the most beautiful thing but to see him go from that that jaundiced, sick child to what he is today is beautiful. Cause he looks like, like you said, like nothing's wrong. He is just a force to be reckoned with in a, in a good way, so. And it's good, as hard as it is for me to look back, I have to be reminded that we went through that because we live life and we get so distanced and removed from it that we forget. I don't even know who took that picture. I have no idea. <laughs> I didn't know there was a picture being taken, but I treasure those now. And especially since Wesley's not ever gonna remember what he went through, but I want him to know. I want, and I would say a couple of months ago, he thanked me for the first time. We were having a random conversation and he was like, thank you for my liver, mommy. And I was like, <laughs> but any first thing we go through, it comes back up. And it's not just for me, it's for me and my husband. I, we went to the fair this past September and took him for the first time. And he was just having so much fun. And we're in the corner just with tears in our eyes. We're like, he's at the fair. This is why we did what we did. And it was yes. hard. It was a hard road. It was a hard recovery. That surgery was, I was probably six weeks um, before I felt semi-normal again, but obviously it was worth it. And when he cuddles with me in a suite on a rare occasion these days, it's like, oh, thank you, God. Thank you. <laughs> yes.
such a beautiful selfless act. And there's so many parallels to um, God and to Jesus and how he's just willing to do everything for us and um, even given his life. And I mean, it was a big risk for you. You were like, yeah, I donate my liver, but that was a very risky surgery. And um, one that you would didn't hesitate, didn't think twice about doing. And there's just so many beautiful parallels between the extent that God will go after his own children to, um, to love us and to bring us back to him, to keep us here when um, he has a purpose for us. Yeah. He called us or called me to that specifically and our family to that, mm -hmm. but then he carries us through too. So mm -hmm. it, he pries our hands off of it in every way so that we can't boast in in anything that happens. Um, and he reminds us of that frequently. We know that like it, his grace was sufficient for us. Those daily mercies, he knew exactly what we would need every day to be carried through and, and delivered that like manna from heaven for us. And so we just learned every day, truly not to think about tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow will, will worry about itself. But he just was able to surround us with comfort and peace and community and prayer and whatever we need in that moment. I had a neighbor who I'd never met showed up and she was like, I'm a volunteer at CHOA. I'm going to come every Wednesday and hold your baby so that you can go get a shower and go take care of whatever you need to. I didn't even know her at the time. I just knew of her. Wow. <laughs> and she became such a dear friend because every Wednesday she'd show up and say, give me that baby, give me that baby. And you go do whatever you need to do. And oh, wow. it was, and then she was just such a stable force during that time. And then she came in after transplant to the PICU and she walked into the room and she was always just like, no tears, just do what needs to be done. She walked into the room and she looked down and she saw Wesley all pink and not yellow. And she just started weeping, just weeping at his bed. And it was just such a beautiful moment to like share that with her. And all of these little stories that just sustained us um, that other people will never know about, but, but God did that for us. So. And how many lives your journey touched? In, 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 a, in even in a biblical way, people watched you, like, like Tisha said, go through this and have such faith. And even though I know you were a wreck and you'll say I, I was a wreck, I, you know, the calmness that you exuded, the, the confidence in God that you had was just, I mean, even for veterans, <laughs> like God veterans, the people who like have known Jesus since they were eight years old it still was just humbling to watch and just so inspiring. And that's why God allows suffering. I, I've spent so much time looking into that since going through this myself. And if we didn't suffer, people wouldn't get a chance to see. I, I had a non-Christian friend say, I don't know that I believe, but I know that you believe. Mm -hmm. And just to be told things like that, like, okay, rubber met the road and, and you didn't flee. You didn't go somewhere else. And again, that was Christ in me, but to hear stories like that and to know that God was working our situation for good is just so beautiful. And I and I'm, hope I get to know all the ways when I get to heaven one day, but even friends at church who would say, every night my kids would pray for baby Wes, like every night. And it was, it was such a sweet and beautiful thing that people from around the world who did not even know my child were praying for him. Our current housekeeper who comes is like, oh, I know you guys, I was praying for your son when he was a baby in my prayer group. And I'm like, you were, <laughs> it's just so beautiful to keep hearing all the ways that our lives are, are connected. So. Yes. 
and the seeds that you've planted that, like you said, hopefully one day God will show you those seeds because there were a lot. And even, I mean, I know in some hard situations it it can wreck a marriage, but my marriage came through stronger than ever because when on the days that I was weak, he was strong and vice versa. And I just remember that we were in the car, I got into the car to head back up to Choa and I was just weeping and he opens his glove box, pulls out a Bible. And he was like, do you believe the words in this book or not? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, yes, yes. I do. <laughs> so like he wow. just stepped up and led our family. And it was hard because we didn't live under the same roof for 45 days when I was with Wesley at Choa, but I had visitors almost every day. And that's another thing, just walking through hardship with people. That's a hard thing to do. And for a lot of people, it's like, that's going to be really awkward and uncomfortable, but the people who just showed up anyway and said, well, I don't know what I'm walking into, but here I am. It's just such a beautiful thing. And I I know that COVID has um, interfered with that a lot, the ability to do that, but just walking with people through that, um, pray for eyes to see those situations where it's not just a text and it's not just a cursory check-in or a meal afterward, but to really show up for people and walk with them through their hardship. That's just a beautiful way to serve within the community and family of God. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is, you know, Liz, if you think back to your story with your, there's always certain things that you want to point them to, you know, obviously look for God's hands, you know, show up for people, many lessons. What do you want your kids to remember you by? What legacy do you want to leave them? I want, I want my, my love for God to be contagious to not just my kids, but everybody around me. I want them to love God more than me even, um, so that they can give their lives early and, and be faithful servants because I just can't help but think, especially with Wesley, I'm like, it's so apparent that you're here for a reason. I just want to see what it is. I just want to be along for the ride. But um, I just want to see the best parts of me, which is Christ in me, passed on uh, to the next generation. That's what we're called to do when we have to shepherd the eternal souls in our house. Um, And so that would be my greatest joy as a parent to see see that legacy passed on to them and see the work that they're going to do with their unique giftings for God. Um, you know, we always talk about things we want people to remember us by, but you know, it doesn't just show up unless we're working towards that. Right. And we have to set our lives to train so that when we are gone, that that is what our course has been. So what is in your spiritual life now, as you have walked through with Wesley and now you have three kids and you've been working and stuff, how are you developing your spiritual life? And I'm not asking this to be judgmental. I'm asking this because I know you're, you're very intentional with this right now. And I just would like you to share with us, you know, if you want your legacy to be that you love God, share with us how you are prepping and preparing and training your life so that that will be your legacy. Well, that means taking time to, to pour into my relationship with God, because you can't pour into other people until you pour into yourself. So right now at my church, we are doing a Titus two women's ministry where we walk with a group of women for a year and we meet twice a month. We read scripture. We encourage each other to read be in God's word every single day. We pray for each other all the time. We walk through hardship. We correct sin. We confess it. Um, we do the hard work of, of 
growing in righteousness one degree at a time. And that has been such a tremendous blessing. And of course, when you are strengthening your own relationship with God, it just, it's like a cup that just runs over to the people around you. Um, and so that's important. Your prayer life and your time in the word is of the utmost importance, but then also my oldest is nine. And so we, we spend time reading the Bible. I'm, I, stress the importance of writing scripture on your heart early um, because you never know <laughs> when you're going to need that foundation when you have nothing else. Um, and so that's really it. That's really just learning to love God and, and just grow in that relationship, which takes talking to your father in heaven and, and reading about who he is really more than anything, I'd say. Wonderful wisdom and guidance there. Kelly, thank you. And community too. I'll add that too. I just feel like so many people think that they can do those things separate from a community of believers and you really can't. That's, that's your village. If you are a Christ follower, if you're a sister in Christ, you're, you're called to walk in community for the accountability. Um, it's, it's something we're told to do in scripture. And so we should be doing that for our families. Yeah. Thank you for that. Andrea, anything else you want to add before we, we close? Not really. I mean, we normally ask people or how our our listeners can get in touch with you. Um, but I know you're not really, um, like if you're willing to share your Instagram so they can maybe follow along and see pictures, like that would be great. Yeah. I'm on at Liz Melville. Um, and if anybody wants to follow along there, then I post pictures of Wesley. If you want to see how he's currently thriving, um, just my daily living and hopefully some encouragement. I encourage um, anybody who's listening today to definitely check her out at Liz Melville on Instagram. So that would be great. Thank you. Thank you you for having me and inviting me. This is such an honor and a joy for me this morning to be with you. Lovely ladies. We love you. And it was just such a joy to see you again. Absolutely. Thank you very much. So our listeners, whatever your story is, whatever your journey, use it, give it to God and let him use it. Have a great day.